bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's Word. Are you ready for God's Word? I'm speaking on the topic, how to work towards your targets. How to work towards your targets. I believe you are expecting new things to happen to you in the new year. You have fresh ideas, some things that you couldn't achieve this year, you've, you are expecting to achieve them next year. Some things you achieved this year, you want to get to a higher level with them next year. But every new year presents us with new opportunities to dream afresh, to have new goals, to have a new vision, and to set new targets. And I'm going to teach on how to work towards those targets so they don't just become a dream in your heart, but they become something that becomes achievable in your life. Please stand with me in your Bibles to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 14, and uh, we will read verses 28 to verse number 30. Luke's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 28 to verse number 30. And we're going to look at something that Jesus said. It was a parable. But out of that parable, we learn lessons about how to achieve our targets, how to meet our targets, how to fulfill the targets that are set before us and work systematically so that our targets in life are met. Let's hear the words of Jesus. For which of you, intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. I pray that that will never be said of you. That nobody will come mocking you and saying, this man was able to begin but couldn't finish. May God help you to both begin and to finish the assignments, the desires, the dreams that he has placed in your heart. I'm going to take you through a process that I have derived from this scripture that helps us to work through our targets in life. The first thing you want to do in order to work towards a target is to establish your intentions. Establish your intentions. Jesus says, which one of you intending to build? There has to be an intention. There has to be something, a desire, a goal, a dream, uh, a, a vision or something that you wish would become a reality. That is your intention. All of us have intentions. And I suppose if I ask you what are your intentions for next year, some of you will say, well, I want to go and, and, and do my master's degree. I want, to, I want to finish my master's course. Or some of you will say, well, I want to finish my first degree. Some of you will say, well, I want to build a new house or I want to buy a land or I want to marry or... 
I want to start a new business or some intention that you have. All of us have got intentions. So Jesus says, you start with your intentions. Tell the person next to you, establish your intentions. Okay, how do you establish your intentions? To establish your intentions, you must be clear about the vision God has given you. Your intention must not just be self-centered or man-generated or generated through your own will and your own desire. It must be something birthed within you from God. Because if it is a God-given vision, then it will have a God-given provision. God provides for the vision that he gives. And you have to be sure that what you have in your heart is not just something you want to do to please yourself or to compete with somebody or for you to just make a name for yourself, but something that is of God. If it's of God, it's going to be beneficial and it's going to be meaningful to everybody. And once we receive our God-given vision, we must be clear about it. We must be clear and we must be firm about that God-given vision. For everything we want to do, there are, there are different things that motivate us. I suppose if, if you tell me I want to marry next year, I'll ask you, why do you want to marry? Some people will say, well, it's because all my friends are getting married. So I have to marry. Some will say, well, I'm growing old. What should I do? I have to marry. And, and some will say, well, you know... Life is becoming boring. I have to marry. And some will say, well, I believe it's my time to get married. And I just believe in my heart that I'm at the right time in my life when I must get married. I can say of all the reasons, the last one will be the most appropriate. You have to sense in your heart that something is appropriate. The time for something to happen has come. A season has come for you to accomplish an intention. And that's one of the ways for you to determine whether your intention is self-made or is God-giving. So be clear that the intentions you have are from God. Secondly, when you are clear that the intention you have is from God, you have to eliminate competing desires and intentions. Eliminate competing desires and intentions. When you are sure of the vision to pursue, you must be focused. You cannot use the same energy and resources you have to pursue two different goals. So eliminate some goals. And that's one of the things that is very important because many times we start with too many things we want to do. You have limited resources, but you want to do about three different things that will cost you a lot of money. You want to buy a land, you want to buy a car, you want to be able to marry. Now, from what I hear, weddings are quite expensive enterprises now. <laughs> but from what I hear, it's quite expensive to do weddings. Is that not so? How much does it cost? About 10,000 cities? 50,000. 15,000. Okay. Now, if your intentions are you want to buy a land, you want to marry, you want to buy a car, and you have 15,000, and the car is 15,000, and the land is 15,000, and the house is 50, and, and, and the car and the land is 15,000, it simply means your resources are limited. 
And if you're not careful, you will do things in pieces and end up never doing anything completely. So when you know the intentions that God has given to you, eliminate competing intentions. Eliminate some desires. Some things must be rescheduled. You have to push them to the next year. Or you put them on the background and say, well, I'm going to believe God for extra funds. And if he gives me extra funds, I'm going to use it for this second project. But you don't put all the three as number one, because if you do that, you will compete with the resources that God has given to you. You would never have unlimited resources. All of us have got limited resources with sometimes unlimited desires. And we have to learn to manage them well. So you must go through all the things you want to do and eliminate some of them. Take them out, postpone them, reschedule them. And similar things, really, you, you may not be the one who is supposed to do it. In the Bible, there's a very interesting story about David. David wanted to build a temple for God. He actually had the resources. He had the opportunity. And he, he intended to do it. And, and so he said, I'm going to do it. And, and the prophet says, go ahead. It, it's all right. Go and do it. But then God spoke to the prophet and said, go and tell David. It's good that he intended it, but he's not the one to build it. Solomon is going to build it. That simply tells you that sometimes you are not the one who fulfills the intentions of your heart. Sometimes you dream a dream and somebody fulfills your dream for you. So you have to learn these things that not everything you want to achieve will be achieved by you. Some will be achieved by your children. Some will be achieved by your grandchildren. Sometimes you dream not just for yourself, but for your children as well. And so it's important to know what can be achieved today and what has to be pushed to the next year, the next five years, or the next 10 years. So eliminate all the competing desires and intentions. Thirdly, in order for you to establish your intentions, you must understand the various stages leading to your desired vision. Understand the various stages leading to your desired vision. Every dream goes through stages. Dreams are like human beings. They go through the stage of conception when you conceive the idea. They go through the process of gestation when the, the idea begins to grow in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. And for some of you, you are gestating. You are pregnant with an idea. But then there is the birth of an idea. And then there is the nurturing of, of an idea. There is the growth of an idea. There is the maturation of an idea. And there is the fruit-bearing stage. So if you start something, especially if you are starting something that must bear, give you results, you may not see immediate results. And sometimes because people don't see, see immediate results, they get discouraged about what you're, they are doing. It's like giving birth to, to a child. You give birth to a child and you say, well, you know, I've given birth to a child. He must start school. And you know your child cannot start school at birth. Neither can your child walk at birth. You have to be patient to wait for the child to walk, to, for the child to be able to say, mama, baba, da, da. And then, then they go to learn A is for apple, B is for ball, and C is for cat, and E is for elephant, and, and Z is for zebra, and all of these things. Before they start putting words together, and, and, and that process, and one day they become a professor. But you have to wait and let them go through the stages. 
Even if God told you your child will be a professor, they don't become a professor at birth. God can give you a great vision, but great visions are born small. And when they are born small, don't rush them. Don't push them for great success. Because if you do that, you will, you will jump some stages and kill your idea before it becomes a reality. Some of you who want to start businesses, it takes a long time for a business to be strong enough to take care of you. And many times when you start a business, within the first five years, it may, it may not give you anything. Most businesses will start breaking even after four years, financially. Some start breaking even after five years. And then it starts making profit five years later. Then it makes enough profit for you to be able to earn something reasonable. So if you start a business the first year, you make money and you think money is coming, you go and take money out of that business, you kill the future of the business before it has a chance to live. The same with every idea. You work it slowly. You work it systematically. And it gets to a point where it bears fruit naturally. And it's able to take care of you. So understand the various stages that your the intention will go through. If you want to buy land in Ghana, you know that you're going to go through a stage of called uh, litigation. It's a peculiarly Ghanaian stage. If you're going to buy land in Ghana and the land costs about 5,000, you have to prepare for 20. Because when you buy it from one family, a nephew will pop up his head for his share. So you have to pay him off. And somebody else will come and you have to pay them off. Because in Ghana, no one person owns land. It is owned by all of us. And the moment people smell money, they're going to come to you. So you have to understand the stages that for this intention I have, there are some things that may pop up there that I have not anticipated, so plan ahead for it. So establish your intentions. The second thing that Jesus tells us to do is that we must evaluate the cost. He says, which of you intending to build does not sit down first and count the cost. Evaluate the cost. Everything has got a cost price. If you want to have a great marriage, it's got a price. But marriage is challenging. And you have to learn to pay the price. Part of the price is to learn how to be quiet, how to be silent, how not to insult, how not to respond back how to cut back some friends, how to introduce some new friends, how to make sure your family does not interfere in your relationship, how to make sure your mother who took care of you knows that you've entered a new stage in your life. All these things you have to count the cost. Because if you don't count the cost and you just want to go into the marriage because you want to, you want to come down the aisle with your nice attire and hear nice music and, and go out and people scream, don't do, don't do, and that's all you're looking for, then you're going to have a very miserable existence. There's a price to a great marriage. No good marriage comes easy. Even if you marry an angel, you'll be in trouble. Because the angel is perfect and you are not perfect. So you're going to have problems. Even if you married uh, the, the most beautiful person or the most handsome person, you're going to have problems because everybody thinks they are beautiful and handsome and jealousy will start working uh, somewhere in the marriage. 
Even you have the wealthiest person, people are going to make demands on their time and their money and the person probably will think because they have so much money, they can buy peace and they can buy happiness and never invest truly in the, in the love relationship of the marriage. So no matter who you marry, you have to count the cost. Every business, every enterprise, every idea has got a cost price. I always say when you go to the shop, you want to buy something, and it happens to me. You want to buy a shoe. You see the shoe, and you see this one goes with my feet. Have you ever seen a shoe that goes with your feet? You just see the shoe standing on the shelf, and you say, this is mine. And you see it, you look at the top of it, and if it's a good shoe, it's nice leather, and everything is nice. They cut the shape and everything until you turn the shoe upside down. That's when the trouble starts. You turn the shoe upside down, you see some little numbers there. <laughs> and when you see that, you know, when you go to a shop and people, they turn it upside down, you look at their face and quietly. <laughs> they put the shoe back. Then they, they, they move on. And sometimes they move on and come back. And they move on again and come back. What they're telling you is their intentions are good. But the cost, because there is a cost price to every intention. I don't know what intentions you have, but it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. And so, what are the things that you have to do in order to evaluate the cost? Consider the skills needed for your task. Your success level is determined by your skill level. If you don't have the skill, learn it or team up with those who have it. Because if you're going to be successful to fulfill your intentions, you have to have skills such as time management, people management, organizational management, and so on. You have to have these skills. If you don't know how to work with people and you quarrel with everybody you work with, then you're going to see your intentions are there, but you don't achieve your intentions because it's going to mean that you learn to work better with people. Some of the skills may be skills you must you must go to school for or attend a special workshop for or, or attend a spe special classes for. In these times in Ghana, nobody has an excuse because there are so many options available for people to train and educate themselves. So what are the skills that will be required for you to fulfill your intentions? It's going to cost you something. You may have to go to school, pay some fees. You may have to spend some time. But these are all the costs to the intentions that you believe God has given to you. Secondly, check the availability of systems and support. Every intention requires support or a system. Your dream will have to stand on available systems and support. Are the systems you need available? Are there customers for what you want to sell? Is the community ready for your services? Are people ready to patronize what you have? These are the systems. And if the systems are not there, and you cannot guarantee a system, you have to determine whether, by evaluating the cost for your intention, whether this is something you must start this year or postpone till next year. You know, uh, if you read the Bible, the birth of John the Baptist was postponed. Why didn't Elizabeth and... and, and uh, and Zachariah have John the Baptist. They could have had a child. They could have had a child. But they couldn't. 
Because their child had been marked for a purpose. He was supposed to be the voice crying in the wilderness announcing the Messiah. So until the Messiah was ready, he couldn't come. He had to come at the time the Messiah was ready. God had to make sure the system was right before he provided for what he was looking for. And so when the Bible says, in the fullness of time, God brought forth his son. Why didn't Jesus come in the day of Abraham? Why didn't he come in the days of Moses? Why didn't he come in the days of David? Wherein there righteous people there were. But the system, the, the structure was not ready for a Messiah to come. Many Bible theologians believe that God had to wait till the world political, geopolitical, economic system was ready for the Messiah to come. Because if the Messiah had come in the days of Abraham, he would just have become a Jewish, a Jewish person, a Jewish Messiah, and nobody would hear of him. By the time Jesus Christ came, a lot of things had happened in the world. For the first time, the world, the known world, had one major written language that everybody could communicate in, Greek. And the, and the infrastructure was right, the political system was right, and it was easy to disseminate information throughout every part of the world. And when that system was ready, God brought forth his son. God had to wait till the systems were right before the son was born. And you have to sometimes be patient for some things to be in place before your dream becomes a reality. Because sometimes when you give birth to an idea and the systems down there are not strong, your dream will die, it will collapse. So check whether the systems are right. If people don't want your product, you can't go and sell it. If the people are rural-minded, you cannot go and tell, sell them urban products. You have to wait till certain systems are right before you go out with your dream, with your vision. Third, count the spiritual and emotional cost of your vision. Every dream has got a spiritual and emotional cost, spiritual and emotional demand. How much prayer are you ready to invest in this new endeavor? Believe you me, especially here in Ghana, if you're going to start a new business, you, you have to learn how to pray. Because nothing works. Systems don't work. You have to support everything you do with prayer. You have to pray for favor. You have to pray for access. You have to pray for open door. You have to hear from God. Because believe you me, at time when you're dealing in business, you don't know the intentions of people. Sometimes somebody is smiling at you and you think he's the best business partner, but you have no idea what ulterior motives they have. You have to be in touch with God so you can know the minds of people. So you have to have some spiritual equity invested in your business. Don't start a business. Don't start an enterprise without investing spiritual equity. Even if you want, want to buy land, you have to invest spiritual equity because all of these things have got all kinds of ramifications and you have to pray. You have to see God's mind. You have to see the direction of God's spirit and you have to invest spiritually into what you're doing. Whatever you do is going to cost you emotionally as well. Every success comes with its toll, it's going to cost you if you're married. It's going to cost you time. You may not be able to spend enough time with your marriage. And if you're not careful, your marriage can suffer as a result of you fulfilling your dreams in life.
Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.